Welcome to Make Your Mark podcast, where guests share their experiences, insights, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And I'll be your host, Kay Suthar. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Make Your Mark podcast. And oh my goodness, I have such an awesome guest for you today. His name is Carlo. He is the founder and the CEO of Select Innovations. He, oh, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. the, The screen flickered. Okay. Yeah, hopefully we're good. Yeah. All right. Let me start that again. Welcome to another episode of Make Your Mark podcast. And oh my goodness, I have such an exciting guest for you all today. His name is Carlo and he's the founder and CEO of Select Innovations. He launched his first business in college. And since then, he's helped build and expand startups of all shapes and sizes. Carlo has collaborated with top brands like BMW, Hyatt, Toomey and Mastercard. And founders and other business managers will learn effective marketing strategies, how to adapt to trends and navigate the business world regardless of the industry. Please welcome. Oh, my goodness. Now I've got a frog in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) Please welcome Carlo Cisco to the stage. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Carlo, I'm so excited to have you here today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I've got so many questions for you right around innovation and what it all means in today's world. But before we get into that nitty gritty, I would love for you to share with the audience today a little bit about your journey, because I'm sure there was a few ups and downs and it didn't just happen with a click of a finger. Is that right? That's that's correct. Yeah. And I think that's uh, you know something important uh, for people to realize as they're considering entrepreneurship, like a lot of bad stuff is going to happen and that's unavoidable. Um, you know, there's going to be uh, market conditions that change. There's going to be competitors that come in, come out. Um, there's going to be all sorts of like bad things you don't expect. And and you just have to really roll with the punches and be insanely determined um, so that you're able to overcome all of that and, and build something meaningful. Um, so, you know, in, in our case, you know, definitely not an easy thing to set up. Um, you know, brands and and big companies, publicly traded companies, have tried to build versions of what of what we have and and failed. Um, you know, it's not a budget thing; it's a it's a knowledge thing, um, and it's a determination uh, thing. So, um, you know, along the way for us, you know, definitely we've seen every surprise, every challenge. Uh, you know, we're always kind of ready for it um, with with select and and you know to some extent, I guess. A little bit saw that in, in my career, but honestly, most of my early career before doing startups was just kind of success, success, success. Not all great. I did graduate in 09, which was the financial collapse, and I was a finance major. So there were definitely some hurdles there. But but for the most part, um, you know, kind of like consistent success. And that's very different in a startup. In a startup, it's a roller coaster. You're gonna have, you know, some days. Uh, literally your best day and your worst day inside of the same day. And, and you need to be really mentally tough um, to be able to, to roll uh, with that. So, um, you know, that's all stuff we've seen along the way. But, but what we also have seen along the way, every step is just very strong, positive signals and very strong, positive 
progress. So we know that we're on the right path. And, and those are always important to listen to because that's not going to be the case for every business. Right, right. And there's something that you mentioned I want to touch up on is that you gotta you got to have that mental capacity to kind of keep going because there's going to be so many ups and downs. It's an absolute roller coaster. And so what did you do, right? Or how did you keep motivating yourself to keep going on those down days? Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And, um, you know, part of its personality, part of its training, mm-hmm. I really like to be challenged, like even back in school, like all the easiest classes are where I got the worst grades, all the hardest classes are where I got the best grades. I have ADD. So so if I'm not challenged, I'm bored. So so I, I like a challenge. You know, that's part of why, you know, our response to COVID was like in the media everywhere, because like, that closed 95% of what we do. And ultimately we innovated so quickly that our member renewal rate, you know, people pay a subscription fee for access to everything that we have that went up that year, um, despite that. Um, So like no one saw that coming. We had all the like deal huntery M&A kind of uh, conversations, you know, where people are looking to hopefully buy the company cheap. I was like, no, we're all set, go away. Um, You know, some of them were almost like frustrated uh, that that was the case. Um, so so it's a bit of like mental toughness. I naturally like a big challenge. Um, so I don't mind being challenged. When we saw what was happening there, I just kind of rallied everyone together. I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. This is a time that really sucks. We're going to have to postpone this capital raise we want to do. We're going to have to postpone. You mentioned MasterCard, this credit card we want to do. And we're going to have to focus on our members and our partners because this is a really tough time for everybody. Let's dig in and do everything we can to help people through it. That's our job. Our mission is to improve our members' lives. So like, you know, it, the the you know, kind of reminding everyone the mission of the company, rallying everyone around the cause, and then ultimately creating a result that was even better than we expected. You know, and even in 2021, as things were, you know, still a bit touchy, we we grew very quickly and, and have continued to grow um, since then. But but I will say, um, you know, even though I have that natural inclination of, of just loving being challenged, yeah. um, it's still hard. And I would say it's one of the hardest parts of of entrepreneurship is to maintain mental toughness and sort of that confidence, no matter what is going on. Um, You know, there's some people where like, they're just naturally super confident and like nothing is going to shake them. And, and, you know, great for them. I don't think that's the majority of people. So you've got to figure out that balance of like being rational and reasonable and analytical, but also being confident. And, And I think one of the, you know, maybe tips there is just remember what you've built, especially if you've like, come a decent way have traction like remember what you built that no one else was able to do um and hang your hat on that like whatever like the circumstance is like you can overcome it you've built something really awesome like just keep focusing on that and you'll get through it wow 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 oh my goodness that was that was a lot there but i love every single thing that you mentioned now Again, just a backtrack, you mentioned that during COVID, during the pandemic, right, you had to shift and make changes very, very quickly, right, and making sure that you're still being, uh, you know, implementing innovation. So how did you do that? And how did you manage to move so quickly? 
Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And, and, you know, the moving quickly part really comes down to team. Um, and that's something you learn while you're building a company. You need the right people around you who can say, hey, we're going to dig in. We're going to do this stuff fast. Um, and we know it's going to benefit the company. So like as impactful as a founder can be, you need to have great people around you. That's that's paramount for that. Um, and in the specific case of, of COVID, so like our benefits, they're full lifestyle, but like our most popular categories, especially at that point, were restaurants, events, and hotels. Um, oh. All of that stuff closed, right? Um, so what we did, and we did it inside of a month, um, we canceled our physical events, but lined up digital events. So by April 1st, uh, which was two weeks after shelter in place, we were hosting multiple digital events every week. And, and our thought process there was like, people are going to be stuck at home. They're going to be you know, a little unhappy. It's a big change for everybody. Let's give them some content that's that's valuable and useful while they're stuck at home. So that was everything from like interviews with entrepreneurs and VCs to like cocktail making classes that were really popular. You know, people just yeah. wanted something fun to do. Um, fitness classes. Everyone's at home. Maybe they can't use their gym membership. It was a wide range of stuff. And we had multiple of those things going every week. So that was one of the big positives um, with our dining partners. And, you know, like now the delivery apps have proliferated a bit more. Um, but like at that point, especially in the tier of restaurants we're working with, like we have Michelin starred restaurants in every U.S. city that those you know awards are, are awarded. Um, we've got some of the highest grossing restaurants in the entire country. These are not restaurants that need business, frankly, um, but they like the quality of our membership. They like the sort of behaviors of our membership. So they'll work with us. So we got Believe it a bit was about a hundred, just over a hundred of our restaurant partners to do takeout and delivery benefits. So that was helpful. Um, we started adding at-home focused lifestyle benefits. So like everything from cookware to meal delivery to you know other things people might need while they were at home. And we added a business benefits category. So the entrepreneurs in the group could save money, hopefully without having to reduce headcount. And we did all of that inside of a month and a half, basically. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. Wow. 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 Okay. So you've done several different things in different areas, right? Business, homeware, like all sorts of different things. So I want to get clear and I'm sure our audience want to get clear. What does select innovations mean? Yeah, um, you know, you know, to us, um, it's really a mission to improve people's lives by improving the way businesses and customers connect. So, so like the very high level of how we describe it, it's a digital membership and concierge service. We connect people with exclusive events, savings, and perks at over 1.3 million locations all across the world. Um, plus, there's a lot of things online and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so that's really what we're focused on, and you know, key difference with us is like everything's curated, everything's ongoing, all the benefits are unlimited use. So if your favorite restaurant, hotel, retailer, business service, whatever it is, you can use it repeatedly all the time. And, and what that does is it builds loyal relationships between customers and businesses. And then it also lets our customers have completely uncapped value. You know, like the membership fee right now is 450 per year. On average, members redeem more than three times that in benefits. Plus, they're getting access to our events, our concierge, and a bunch of other cool things that we do. Oh, wow. There's a lot of things that you cover there. Now, yeah. why is innovation important to you? And why should it be important to everyone else that's out there building a business? Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's a fantastic question, especially now, um, right? We're living in like this, like beginnings of like a big AI transition that that everyone's thinking about. I'm um, a big fan. 
It's awesome. <laughs> you know, the, 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 like there's going to be a lot of changes, right? Markets will shift, but like it's ultimately a positive for business. It's ultimately a positive for customers. And you've got to make sure that you are a part of that train. That doesn't mean say, we're the AI of this. I, I actually, that can get annoying in some cases, uh, <laughs> but, but, but like using AI, I think is important to deliver value to customers. So like, you know, funny enough, we built our first AI over five years ago. Um, and, wow. and we did it for a very simple reason. We wanted to help our concierge team scale in volume of requests, but simultaneously improve in quality. So this is proprietary. The members don't interact with it, but our concierge team is using it 100 plus times a day. So like every time there's a selector related request coming in, they're getting all those details of like, okay, if this place is booked up, here's the contacts we reach out to, or here's the other place to recommend or whatever the case might be. You know, now, now we're building new tools around like FAQ style things for both prospective members, existing members, so that those can live 24-7, give people informed content. And we'll be building a lot of other cool stuff. We definitely like the, you know, sort of use cases for AI around like travel planning, around activity planning, yeah. um, these all of these different things. And look, these are things the big platforms can do, but where I think we have a little bit of an opportunity to stand out is that they're building for the masses and we're not, you know, like this is a paid membership program. People have to apply like it's a different sort of clientele. So like those responses need to effectively adjust for that clientele. So I think in a lot of cases we'll be using proprietary data, proprietary information that these platforms don't have, and then we'll use them to, to fill the gaps. But, you know, that's just one example. In reality, like you always have to improve your product. You always have to uh, be on top of technology trends. Like actually the longer mission is to continually improve the lives of our members so that, you know, continuous improvement is built into it because no product is ever perfect. It doesn't matter if you're Apple or a startup. Yes, I love that. Okay, now... I, <laughs> The more you talk, the more questions I've got listed down to ask you now. (laughs) And so you mentioned that you were involved in AI five years ago before anybody was really talking about it. It only became mainstream like in the last couple of years. So where was your head at? Right? How did you understand AI earlier on? Um, What kind of things were you doing to make sure you were staying ahead of the game? Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a good question, and honestly, it was just about um, providing value to customers. Our membership base was growing quickly, um, and we're like, okay, like we have to have a concierge team, but we want that to operate efficiently. We want them to be knowledgeable, and we want them to be able to handle as many requests as possible as quickly as possible. Um, and this is a function that a lot of companies will just outsource. <laughs> you know, there's there's companies, especially in financial services, where like customer service is supposed to be the differentiator and they outsource it. We don't. Our team's employees. Um, they're all select employees. A lot of them are part-time, some are full-time. That doesn't matter. They're all employees. They all believe in our mission. They all care about our customers. Um, so we just wanted to build something that would help them and, and benefit our customers. You know, you could say, because there's certain like recommendation style things that we do, like those are maybe AI elements, but really we don't even think about it as like an AI bucket or like a this or that. We just think about how can we improve the customer experience? How can we add value to them? And then, you know, oftentimes as a technology company, like technology is a key way to do that. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Now, I don't know about you but I know I've come across this and people are saying 
they don't like technology or they're not good at technology and AI is too much for them. What would yep. you say to those business owners, right, that are, are finding it challenging to keep up with tech? Hire people that can. Um, and maybe that's a little harsh, um, but it's a little too big. It's a little too good. You know, like we're talking about customer facing applications of it, but like the capabilities of AI for research, for data analysis, for financial planning. These are all things that are internal company operations that AI can do much better, much faster. The reality is if you're not going to integrate this in any way, shape or form, it's going to be very, very difficult to compete um, because your competitors will. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. Now, what are some of the mistakes that you have identified on your journey when it means building, scaling a business, but making sure that you are keeping up with the times and innovating? Have you seen any common mistakes that people do all the time? Yeah, I think a lot of people will get um, a little too stuck uh, on a initial idea or, you know, interestingly, maybe the opposite as well. They'll too quickly jump at feedback from investors or prospective investors or or whatever. Like, I think you need to have like a bit of a middle path. Like if you have a vision, a light that you're building towards, that's very important, but you need to realize the road there that anything can happen. There can be a pothole, a bomb can blow up part of it, whatever the case, like you need to like be committed to a mission, but you need to be flexible in how that mission is reached. Um, the various timing of things, um, and also how you position the business externally, uh, a lot of times too, because you know, like the trends move. Crypto was huge a few years ago. Now it's not, right? Like AI, no one was talking about before. Now it, everybody's talking about it, right? Like these things change and you need to adapt to a certain extent. And then the like flip side of that is like, I've seen a lot of companies where, at least in my opinion, I think they're building a really cool B2C business, right? And investors will basically say, that's hard, sell into companies, uh, you know, like hire salespeople, grow that way, sort of the SaaS model right and like SaaS is big and like the model works we've seen that however people need to remember the best businesses oftentimes do both and you know look at the numbers for like and i haven't like kept up with these super close because i'm building a company <laughs> growing a company scaling a company but like you know a lot of the direct consumer businesses that do take off end up having much better economics than the business benefits. That's uh, the business um, focused businesses. That's a bit of a myth. It takes Salesforce longer to recoup a customer uh, you know, acquisition cost than it does Netflix, for example. And like Netflix is maybe like a shining star in, in consumer businesses. Um, but like there are others uh, and you can build really meaningful, really profitable businesses there. And look like for us, we're primarily direct consumer. We do both. Be opportunistic. If there's opportunities to do both, do both. But um, you know, I think a, a lot of people, investors, get a little too quick to say B two B is a path. In my view, you know, there's only so many of those that can be real big standouts. Um, and and there was a tendency, and you're seeing these correct right now in real time, where yeah. they just hire all these salespeople, 
no one factors that into the cost and they're just never going to be profitable. So you just have these like tens of billions of dollars of market cap companies. They'll never be profitable. Uh, it won't work. And you'll see the opposite sometimes on the consumer side, because as long as your variable costs are low and you scale that user base up and you keep that, you need to retain them, you can build a fantastic business. So, so, so interestingly, it's both. You need to be flexible in how your goal and your mission is reached, um, but you also don't want to over listen to investor advice. I've seen that kill lots of companies. Yes, yes. And it's funny you mentioned that because... I've got a mentor of mine and he always says, be careful, there's opinion and then there's advice. Yes. Right? And so you don't want to listen to opinion, but you do want to take on advice, but it's, it, you need to be able to differentiate that, right? So that's, that. you just reminded me of that. So that's awesome. Now, I know at this point, people are thinking, oh my goodness, I'm in my business, right? Whether they're a startup, whether they're scaling, um, and I know you can help every single one of them. And in fact, one of the things that you're very really good at is identifying no matter where they are in the business, where the gaps are, yeah. right? So now if people want to come and connect with you and be like, oh my God, Carlo, I need your help. Where <laughs> can they go to connect? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm everywhere and it's always my name, Carlo Cisco, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, my messages get pretty crowded these days. Um, so bear that in mind. And obviously, if there's strategic value to select, I'm going to be more likely to respond, but happy to connect, um, happy to share information. And, and really, the biggest thing is just, you know, it's about learning on your journey and just being ready for all of the inevitable bad stuff that will happen. It's just a reality of entrepreneurship. Um, you, have to persist, you have to be determined. Absolutely. Now, guys, all the links will be in the show notes. So make sure you go and check them out. Go and connect with Carla. See if you can get on his calendar and have a conversation with him. Join his community. Um, I assure you, you would not, not, not regret it. Go ahead and have that conversation. Now, Carla, before we go, do you have any last words for our audience? Um. No, I, I think the big thing, like, you know, I've kind of like expressed a lot of caution on entrepreneurship, I guess. Um, the flip side of it is entrepreneurship is the engine of the world. Um, you know, all the biggest companies today, at least many of them were not big companies or may not even have existed 30 years ago. Um, so you need to remember that too. If you're very passionate, if you're very determined, if you're extremely hardworking, if you're ready for whatever it takes, then pursue it. And, and maybe the other note is that there's also different types of entrepreneurships. I'm mostly, you know, cautioning around high growth startups. That's one of the hardest types of businesses to build. Um, it's one of the most rewarding if you pull it off, but it's one of the hardest types to build. There's also service businesses. There's also local businesses. There's also consulting businesses. Those are still going to be very difficult and they're still going to have many of the challenges, but they have very different growth expectations and they tend to have you know slightly better P&Ls, profit and loss, because like you don't have to invest as much to build that upfront value and get the kind of growth you need in that you do in a startup. Um, so, so I guess that's the flip side is entrepreneurship is really rewarding. It's an incredible learning experience. I would also encourage people 
to work at startups. Um, you know, it can be really hard. It can be stressful. It's much more stressful to run one, um, but um, but and it can still be hard and, and stressful for the team. But you're going to learn so much and have so much impact so quickly that you know even if you decide that's not for you you'll take all those learnings to a big company or maybe you decide it is for you and and guess what startups recognize people that have been at other startups that reduces our hiring risk um, because we know that you can perform in that kind of environment so so the flip side is if you're into entrepreneurship innovation whether it's starting your own thing whether it's a regular business or a high growth business whether it's joining a high growth business or whatever those are all very good experiences to have and, and I would recommend. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Carla, for coming on to the show and giving so many golden nuggets. Oh, my goodness. In such a short amount of time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Make Your Mark podcast at www.makeyourmarkpodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get this and every other episode that comes out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.